and welcome to the Andy Gorman Golf One Putt Podcast. And here with my special guest, my wingman, as those of you that would know, is Gareth Shaw. And a special guest on our Masters Special Edition, brought to you by Duca del Cosma Shoes, Joe Machin. How are you, Joe? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, yourself? Yeah, superb. Absolutely superb, mate. Looking forward to oh, what will be Masters Week. We are pre-recording um, because the start of Masters Week, which would never normally happen, is also my wife's birthday. And those of you that know, I do have to treat her right. So no golf, maybe. All right. But no, no, no golf. No golf at all. Definitely no podcast because we were scheduled to go away. And as you all know, by now, England is in lockdown, so we can't go away, but I'm going to be the right husband and, uh, and spend the day with her. Um, I'll probably be cooking when I should be recording, so I probably should have been recording. Instead of cooking, I'll let Becky explain that one and describe that uh, at another point in time, maybe. But, uh, Joe... We've had you on for this week in particular because we'd invited you to come on um, as part of series two, round two, uh, as is. And um, the reason is very clear behind you. Um, there's a little bit of memorabilia from a certain is. that is in place uh, this week for a tournament which we all know as the Masters. And you jumped the gun, haven't you? Because you've beaten us to it. You've actually been. I have, yeah. Um, back in 2017, I was lucky enough to go. There um, you go. Managed to obviously watch Sergio hold the putt to win it. Um, right. Possibly, in my opinion, one of the, probably the best battles we've seen in recent history, obviously, between Rose and Garcia. Going through that stretch was just phenomenal to watch. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think you could have had a, you know, a one-horse race. Having been there, you'd have got the atmosphere that none of us that haven't been there would have got. But you're right, you know, I, you know that that battle between Sergio and, and and Justin was just, you know, it was epic television. And you know, short of probably being peaked a little bit by last year's, um, you know, sort of return of Tiger. It. Um, it, you know, it's been, like you say, one of the, the most significant tournaments to watch. Explain to us, because if you've not been to Augusta and we're just going to indulge you now, you, you won the ticket, you were working for a, a large golf company and, you know, through an incentive, you won the opportunity to go and spend some time during the tournament at Augusta. And, you know, that's just incredible. Uh, you worked hard to do that. What's it like as a venue, as an event, as a championship, um, that possibly compares or doesn't compare to any other event, you know, certainly championship, um, you know, it sort of wouldn't compare to a tournament as we would normally know. Just in your own words, Joe, just sort of shoot away. I mean, what, what's Augusta like? The word I would use is unbelievable. Yeah. You, you're lucky enough to kind of go and, Everyone refers to kind of heaven as the pearly gates kind of thing. You rock up in the middle of a city and there's just a, a set of green gates. And you walk through there and it, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Um, it, it's just so surreal to get into that situation and everything is your masters, greens, yellows, 
you're in Augusta and everything's so well themed there and it isn't just a case of the golf courses the park that you walk through all the way in and that really built up it's like that kind of going to the football head into the ground yeah you've got that atmosphere everyone knows what's about to happen and it's just this incredible buzz everybody's there for the same reason you hear everybody talking about it and it's just this un it's almost overwhelming when you get in there, it's like, wow, this is it. And then when you step out of the gates onto the kind of the first fairway, so you actually walk out into the dip, you just see it. And it is just, it's overwhelming. It really is. Um, to get there yeah, and, pink, and to was see. Was it a pink to me moment? Oh, big style. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, and I can, can well imagine, obviously, having been, if you go a second time for the people that go every year, it is the same feeling over and over again. You would never get tired of that excitement to, mm. to kind of go there. Yeah, what really stood out for you, like when you first got on site, did you think it was, because from the TV, it looks very flat. And I know lots of people have talked about hills and it is very undulated. Is that what's kind of first stand out for you? Yeah, 100%. So like I say, when, when you actually walk out, you walk out kind of into the dip of the first. So you see on TV from behind, you see the tee box, you see the fairway and the bunkers. The, you don't see the huge hills in between there. So there's a massive dip in there that's probably a 20-odd percent gradient that you have to walk up. And that goes throughout the course. So I think one thing that sadly TV never does is tells just how hilly and undulating that course really is. It's, we see it a lot with kind of links courses over here your Birkdales and places like that where there are a lot of swales. August is very much the same. A lot of runoff areas, lots of difficult parts of the fairway that you don't see on TV. And I think that really, that's the difference for me seeing it in person. Mm. Is it a big landscape, Joe, in terms of when you walk so from the kind of practice ground to the hospitality to the merchandise? Is it quite, is it, is it spread out? Is it on a big footprint? Uh, it, it's huge. So like I say, they, they actually have a park where you walk into the ground and you've got obviously a practice area, probably the best pro shop I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. Um, and then you head out onto the golf course past that. And there's so much for spectators there that you, you can do beforehand. And then you go out onto the massive expanse that is the golf course and obviously being set up fairly well for spectators there's a lot of room between holes as well so when you've walked it for a day you, you really know you've walked it so you have to be young then is that what you're saying oh no <laughs> it's never a bad age to go to the masters no i go I mean, look okay it was the plan it was our plan was my plan to go for my 50th last last year um but you know sort of another significant event occurred about 10 weeks later, which was far more important to do. Um, and we got married, Becky and I. Mm -hmm. So um, spending the, that sort of money, um, you know, just a few weeks before you get married, probably not the wisest thing to do. So I, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, relinquished my sort of opportunity. The reason why I was going as well was actually, I was going to, uh, going to start to invite uh, clients for a week of golf masters week where we would do clinics and the like in the areas around augusta and you know probably california and you know and the like you know so not california uh, 
South Carolina, you know, where you can play some golf during the springtime. Um, you know, we've got a package and everything lined up, but I decided it was a better idea to get married. Probably the right decision um, in all due respect. Masters, I, you know, look, like I said, Masters will happen in 2020. Um, of course, it's happening, but it's not happening the week that we would normally expect it. And then, of course, you know, there are no patrons. You were was a patron for the week. The noise on tournament day must be incredible. Is there a difference on Sunday? And definitely when the leaders enter the back nine of Sunday, is, is yeah. there a difference on Sunday to Saturday and maybe all the other days? And, and is there, yeah. you know, does the atmosphere change? Yeah, without a doubt. So we did the Saturday, Sunday there. Um, we were lucky enough to play on the Friday and then watch the Saturday, Sunday. So Saturday... because you missed the cut? You got to watch on Saturday or Sunday? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a fun thing. And, yeah. But, Where did you play? Uh, so we played a course called Wood Creek, um, not too far out of Augusta. Yeah. Um, absolutely stunning course. that They kind of set that up in the package to be very, very similar to... Augusta itself um, unbelievably tough course but the one thing I can say is the ball runs a mile it might not this time of year but to have that little bit of extra distance is you'd never say no to no of course not no wouldn't, wouldn't like to say you feel like Bryson but you know whilst it's there um, yeah absolutely yeah so, but so yeah, back, sorry so, sidetracked you there a little bit so back to um you know, the, the, the question, ultimately, how does he change them? What, what, what happens? You, you almost feel this kind of tension. So, Saturday, everybody's supporting everybody. They're watching who's going to get into place for that final day and ultimately the final two. Because the way it went that year, it was, it was quite open as well. Mm. So then to see Rosie and Garcia kind of make that final group was was quite incredible but there's this massive support through Saturday and then Sunday it almost goes to pick your winner and there was a massive divide Sunday kind of walking the back nine with them there was Garcia fans and there was Rose fans does it become it, a little partisan you know in a little, almost yeah. you know I mean obviously we had it was two European players but you know so it, it, oh, you imagine almost like a Ryder Cup type of 100% yeah, yeah. It was very, very weird because a lot of the Americans were supporting Garcia over Rose. Okay. So to see Rose kind of on 14 and 15, getting booed coming up to the tee box a little bit was almost quite surreal. And that's something you don't see on TV, so they cut that out. But there was yeah. a lot of tension there. They, for some reason, they didn't particularly like him. Wow. But it, it kind of became very, very tense. The only way I can put it, like you say, because it was European was almost this kind of football derby style thing. Yeah. You were one or the other. There was no in-between. Yeah, we're yeah. kind of sitting there going, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. And <laughs> everybody else is like absolutely slating the others. And But what that does for a tournament is it really creates a an atmosphere, like you say, but it ties you into the tournament then. Mm. And I'm sure for anybody that was supporting Garcia that day, it must have been incredible to see him hold the putt and you feel like there's kind of been a bit of justice done for it and would really round the experience off. But 
it, it almost goes quite tense into the final few holes. You can really feel this, oh, wow, this is it moment. And I think that's something that I've never really experienced anywhere else. Mm. Tell us that story, so, Joe, on, on the 18th, when, when people were moving and thinking where the playoff is and things like that. Yeah, so obviously the it was won on the first playoff hole. And we're all standing there around the 18th green, trying desperately to get a view. And one of the rules that they have is not to stand on your chairs. So your chair goes down. Obviously, there's a lot about not touching other people's chairs that, that is really, really incredible to see. But then there's this whole no standing on chairs that when you're 10 deep with the putt to go in to win the Masters, that rule kind of goes out the window. So we're all clambering over each other, trying desperately to see it from, from way back. And we just kind of hear the sigh that it's been missed. So it, it goes to the playoff. And everybody immediately chairs up, hurtles down to the 10th green to watch the playoff. And the only <laughs> thing we can imagine is that a lot of people forgot. Yeah, Andy, you've clicked with it there. The, yeah. the first playoff hole is the 18th. So we keep looking at each other. There's two of us there kind of going, should we take a step forward? And you step forward, move your chair, and keep going and keep going. And we end up three back. <laughs> just as everybody halfway down the 10th fairway sees the cart go back to the 18th tee. <laughs> and it was just a complete crush as everyone runs back and those that were three deep around the 18th are now all of a sudden way back. And we're yeah. kind of sitting there going, we, we were late here and all of a sudden we're, we're right over the shoulder to see the putt go in. Wow. Was, we were standing right next to the camera that was absolutely incredible. But just one of those strokes of luck that you'd never believe. Yeah, and, and I suppose that there's an element of, you know, that first time for you, not necessarily almost being a little bit naive as to what was going to go on or, or how it works, you know. A hundred percent. And then you got lucky on the basis of being naive or almost ignorant towards the, you know, the, the thing. And, and it played into your hands. I mean, you know. A hundred percent. Absolutely. We we just kind of got our fingers crossed at that stage. We said, well, look, if it goes to the playoff to the 10th, we'll run and we'll get down there. If not, then we have got the best seats in the house mm. that you pay any amount of money for and we're sitting there for free. <laughs> Did you do any research, Joe, before you went? Did you do any research before well, you went? Yeah, so, I mean, just flicking over it before here kind of thing, the, the app that they actually produce is really, really useful. Um, so it walks you around the course, shows you a lot of hotspots to kind of get into. But then it's so weird that obviously phones and all technology isn't allowed in. So you pick up an old school map and you have to, you have to kind of figure out where you are. Right. Yeah, and you have, you have to chance things. But I think that, that makes it so incredible that you are there and you'll kind of go, oh, wow, that's such and such. And you will be, be watching them for a little bit and then you'll wander instead of knowing the course and being able to navigate it on one of the apps, it is pure chances to who you see and if you can follow them. And I, I really like that. By taking the, the cameras and the phones away, it creates such an immersive experience to be there in. There was a photo a couple of months back, I think it was the Ryder Cup, and you see Tiger teeing off and there's one kid watching him and everybody else is using the phone. And they haven't actually seen that moment They've only seen it through a screen as where well, to be at the Masters and to see that putt go in. And I've got no videos or photos of anything that went on that day, just that 
um, but you believe every moment of it and remember it all because you there, you saw it 100%. Mm-hmm. You actually get to see it and experience it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's that obviously that's one of the things. I mean, I mean, the obvious question, which isn't a golf related question, is where do you put your phone? You know, you can't um, take it in, but what happens if you have it in your pocket? Yeah. What happens to that? So they will confiscate it, they put them in lockers, um, <laughs> they'll take it away. But you kind of, we, we made the choice to obviously leave it in the hotel room mm-hmm. previous because the thing is, there's a lot of people that think they can get away with it. Yeah. And you, you really can't. It's tighter than airport security. We were probably checked more times getting into Augusta than we were getting into America. Wow. That is just absolutely mind blowing. But yeah, it's uh, it's sort of insight, you know. Obviously, we've only just touched on it there, but you know that that in itself, like you say, is 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 something that you know you don't experience anywhere else. Even at the Open Championship, you don't experience that, um, it, you know. And so, and you know, to some degree, there's an element of refreshing, and you know, that, that that's a, a unique experience in all, all to itself, and. A hundred percent. I think when you look at kind of how things have gone with golf, obviously we're seeing more and more modernization come in. It's almost this kind of, dare I say, meditative kind of experience there. You are at one with that golf course and you are there for the day and you are watching and taking in every second of it. You're not going to miss a shot because you're texting somebody mm. or you're not going to not see something because you've, you've flipped onto selfie mode instead of recording what you want to see. Mm. You have to see it all. And I think that's such a, it adds to it because for the price of a ticket and for the whole experience, you could miss the one shot that you really wanted to see. Yeah. As well, you've got to be so alert, you're so switched on, you're almost mentally drained when you get back to the hotel room at night because it's been such a, such an experience. A, because you're walking that far, but B, because you've got to be constantly switched on. Yeah. Did you do anything different, Joe, from the, the Saturday to the Sunday? Did you almost like use um, Saturdays as a bit of a test run and then Sunday you're like, right, we've got to do this, we've got to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the big one is as soon as you get through the gate, you don't walk, you, you run, you get your chair down. <laughs> that, that's the one piece that you've got to do. You've got to get your chair down. And that's just, it's unbelievable, like I say, to, to be all in this lovely orderly queue and it's almost like they've cut the tape at the London Marathon. Everybody's off and they're going. Mm-hmm. And you've got to get your chair down because some of these boys have known and had their chair down in the same place for the last 20 years. And I have never seen like 70, 80-year-old guys and girls move so quickly. <laughs> it's because that chair is going down there. And it, that's one big thing you've got to do. But the other thing we kind of did, like you say, was we sussed out where we wanted to sit and almost to get in front of people to watch a few of the holes together. So there's one, I think, behind the 12th tee box that you can sit on, and it's at a slight angle, so you get to see a lot of the second shots into 11. Yeah. The tee, and obviously the green of the 12th, and then the tee from 13, well, where the tee shots land anyway. And that's quite nice, because once you can plan it, you're resting, kind of going, right, okay, we've got half an hour here, then we're going to move to the next bit. So then you'd go and sit kind of behind the 15th green or to the left of. So you get to see all of that. And 
you've just got to plan it because, like you say, when you've got that championship final day and the final pair, and you, you've got to see as much of it as you can. How many people are on site? I mean, is it 30,000? It's really, really strange. I, I couldn't tell you exactly how many kind of there is, but to see from the open perspective, obviously done a lot of the kind of practice days and stuff like that mm-hmm. for the open. And you, there's not as many people at the Masters as there is the kind of Wednesday of the open. There's more yeah. people go to the practice days in the open than there is at the Masters. Mm. And that's another thing I really like from them is that they limit those tickets. They create a little bit of exclusivity in there. Mm. And you know when you get there, you're going to see a lot of golf. And I imagine, especially for a lot of the younger kids that go, that want to see some of the golf that opens, you can miss things because you're 10 deep on the fairways. Mm. As where if you're in one of the grandstands, you're staying there and, and you can see a lot of golf played. And I think that really creates the experience that you you want from the masters yeah so did you get to do the par three tournament we didn't unfortunately we missed it so we flew out on when did we fly out so we flew out on the thursday yeah. we played the friday watched the saturday sunday and then flew back on the monday wow so we didn't didn't Stop. get to see any of it we we were just in the hotel room catching highlights did you see did you get a chance to see the course the par three course, a uh, little bit soft, not not as much because obviously on the Saturday you're running straight out to get to the golf. Yeah. Um, but from the bits we saw, that is a heck of a par three course. Yeah, yeah, so, that's a monster. <laughs> but not yeah. long. No, not. But I think that shows such a a good side of golf at the moment. Obviously, we're seeing Bryson hitting it long, but yeah. you can make small par threes. very very difficult and I think that's something that could eke its way onto tour hopefully at some stage you don't need to hit a four iron into a par four uh, into a par three sorry to prove a point it can be short you look at places like the postage stamp there's Mm -hmm. a lot of difficult little par threes out there that players would walk away with a par and be happy about it yeah and it's just nine holes isn't it the the par just nine holles yeah 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 but it's just a nine-hole course, and that is one. That if I if I had the chance to do again, that would have to be in there. It would be a must because yeah. I think the experience of watching that as such a family-orientated day again would just be incredible. Yeah, yeah. fantastic insight so far. And you know, I mean, it's we've got a tournament, a championship. You know, it's a major championship coming up this week. Mm. Um, it's August is going to be different. You saw it with all of the flora and fauna, the, the you know the pretty Augusta that we're used to seeing. Mm. It'll be interesting because we've seen no images, you know, apart from the almost like sand belt that it turned into six weeks ago. You know, as the overseas yeah. program took in, um, it, you know, took itself into into being. It, you know, we know Augusta will be green, it'll be lush. The overseeding with the ryegrass is going to make it longer and stickier to play. And Tiger talked about his, um, you know, going to see the course after they tiger proofed it, you know, I want to say around about 2001. Um, and he said that the, when the north wind blew into the first, uh, he hit driver three wood at the first. Um, yeah. You know, you saw the guys playing, you know, sort of six irons, seven irons, eight irons going into that green. And I would imagine yeah. the green 
can we save those you know clubs reasonably well but if they're playing in stiff breeze and they're going in there with potentially hybrids and driving irons and three woods i mean do you think that that's possible i mean that's yeah i think the thing that you see from augusta is absolutely anything's possible it could be your best friend or your worst nightmare and yeah. that's something really interesting that I was going to speak to you about is that I don't know if you saw Nicholas saying the other day, but he reckons with the right wind, DeChambeau could be driving the first. Oh, wow. So now we've got a bit of a difference. I think this is going to be a really, really pivotal Masters for golf as a whole. I think we're going to see either DeChambeau destroy Augusta or Augusta destroy DeChambeau. <laughs> well, and, yeah, yeah at, at that particular venue, yes, for sure. Um, 100%. I mean, you talk about tiger proofing, but is there any way to DeChambeau proof a golf course? You're essentially bomb proofing. It's, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what he does and some of the lines he takes compared to what we've seen historically. Do you think, though, Joe, because it, again, we're, we're a short game, we're a putting show. Do you think, though, they can't DeChambeau-proof it through the, the greens and the topography that they've got? I think one thing that DeChambeau is seriously, seriously underrated for, and Spieth and Justin Thomas have spoke about this in the past, is that nobody notices just how well he puts. He puts the living daylights out of the golf ball. And the fact that he hits it as far as he does is nearly as impressive for me as just how many putts he tends to hold. So I think this could be very, very interesting. He, he could work, like you say, exclusively on distance, 48-inch driver. You can hit it as long as you like. But he has got to be ready to hold some seriously good putts to make it work. Because no, nobody wins a Masters by just having one outstanding bit of the game. You've got... No. Uh, uh, the short game's got to be so hot. Yeah, we've also seen that, and, and I think they're the key is the short game, the wedge shots around the greens, because we have mm. seen players who are not necessarily quite as strong on the greens win um, around Augusta, and more than just once. Um, mm. you know, obviously, we can point towards Bernard Langer being one. Um, you know, you can't putt badly that week, but you don't necessarily have to putt great. And I think one of the biggest challenges... Yeah. We've got, um, you know, is that we all think that, you know, Augusta, um, well, we all know. I mean, you've seen the greens, but we know that those greens defend the course. We've seen Tiger, you know, rip it mm. around 20 under. But, you know, generally speaking, you know, Augusta does its thing um, around the greens, you know, and on the greens. But it's the wedge shots around the greens. If you can, you've got to miss it in the right place. And, you know, and, and on the greens itself is the element of, you know, missing it in the right place could also be on the greens. In fact, sometimes you're better off missing it off the green than you are missing it on the green in the wrong sense. Yeah. And, you know, you know, one, one hole that comes to mind, you know, is the bunkerless 14th in terms of you can get the wrong side of a slope and the golf ball can end up 40 feet away, yet you were four feet away when you got the wrong side of the slope. Um, yeah. You know, so that offers its own challenges, of course. And you know, are the are the path fives going to play long enough? You know, to be able to proof against, um, you know, Deschambeau's power off the tee. Um, you know, because potentially, I mean, you know, if the wind is in the right direction, and you tell me, 
you know, having not been there, and I think when you look at things on a map, it's also very, very difficult. I've looked at maps before now and put a line through the middle of the course and said, right, the wind's coming from there. And all of a sudden you get out on the course and you think, there's no way the wind's coming from that line, which is what I said, you know, even Mm. though I'd only said it, you know, half an hour ago, and we know the wind can turn and it turns quickly. But, you know, when you're looking and you're playing those golf golf holes, are the par fives generally going to play downwind or are they because we know some are uphill some are downhill um you know you've got eight is quite an incline up to the eighth green isn't it and you know absolutely yeah um whereas obviously two is down the hill i mean i'm I'm assuming because of the topography and and how you would normally set a golf course up that two and eight are relatively similar slope and you yeah they're they're not not a million miles off on the course I think the wind will be something that's very, very hard to deal with um, purely because when we were there during spring, unless you get a bad week, there's not much wind blowing. It's, it's warm. Well, it's hot. It's dry. There's not a lot of wind there. It is pick your line and hit it down it mm-hmm. as where we're almost playing Augusta in, dare I say, almost kind of links-ish conditions where there is going to be that bit more wind up there. So I think somebody, somebody that manages to shape the ball well and control the flight in keeping it under the trees, keeping it out of the wind will do well. Um, like okay. I say, it's hard, hard to tell a lot off the wind with it not blowing whilst we were there. But you talk about the greens being the big defence and everything. I think the first thing to understand with Augusta is it will find out what your weakness is mm-hmm. and it will highlight it. It's just phenomenal for that. It, shows a lot about a player that even they probably didn't know and like you say missing in the right spots is it's massively important Gareth you know being a psychologist you've got to be ready to be tested there you've got to be mentally hard as well as a good golfer around there but something I was going to mention to you there Andy was we're going to see probably a lot softer greens so how how would you suggest that kind of spin control and stuff like that is going to be more important this time of year. We, I mean, we saw Sergio almost implode. I believe it was 15, wasn't it, a few years ago. Mm. How do you kind of go about preparing a player to control the spin better now than a summer Masters where it's maybe not quite as important? You know, and I think, I think this... I mean, it's an awesome question. I don't think the greens are going to be as soft as you think they are. That sub-air system can cause mm. the... Unless, unless it's raining and it's torrential rain this week and, and our early part of next week, the sub-air system will drive... Because they can warm the greens up for a start, so they're not going to risk losing mm. them. You know, if the temperatures are not so good, then there aren't going to be any frosts on the greens, even if there's frost around the course. And I don't know, you know, sort of what the forecasts are but if the frosts around the course the greens aren't going to be affected because the sub air will keep them warm so they'll still be able to shave them down they'll still be running I would think in the 13 and a half um, yeah so I think that they we will see something that's relatively firm and, and you know we may see the first couple of days them being a little bit softer but they are anyway and they dry them out and firm them up you know Sunday and um, you know Saturday and Sunday so so I'm not so sure that, you know, we're going to see an awful lot different on the greens 
itself it'll be the approaches mm. it'll be the bouncing that will be the challenge and i think that's yeah, the thing yeah. we're going to see the shots are going to have to fly into the greens if you land up short you know you could land up short look you know augusta is so you know well um prepared and manicured you know are we going to see is there is there potential for us to see mud balls that we wouldn't see ordinarily uh, if it's wet and you know let's assume that the potential is there so we can ask the question you, you know there's there's half a chance because you know the green mm -hmm. everywhere's been overseeded where you know in in sort of you know march and april it's starting to dry out to the extent that possibly that isn't the case um mm. you know and the grass is starting to thicken up you know, I, I know Bermuda grass, you know, from five years in the Caribbean, and it takes enough temperature. It has to have enough temperature to get some thickness in there. Um, you know, so the fairways themselves may, you know, may still have some, you know, ryegrass in in the spring. You know, we know that they shave them back or we, they cut them back towards mm. the to stop them from, from running out quite as far. Um, you know, so I think the course usually is going to be the biggest challenge. A lot of the players have been there, well, the players that have been there a lot are maybe going to struggle aesthetically with it because it's not going to be as yeah. cool. not going to have the pick out points that they would normally have. Um, that you know, Augusta being Augusta, there's every chance they've shipped in, you know, azaleas from around the world, and it's going to look the same colour as it does in, you know, in um, in April, but. You know the likelihood, of course, is, is that's not going to be the case. But you know, it's it's that kind of venue, and and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it different. You know, and and you know, there will be leaves around for a start. You know, and so those those are the things that you know on the ground. You know, those are the things yeah. we're not used to, used to seeing. Um, you know, so how would you? You know, a player players are already starting to gear up towards you know, reducing the spin or increasing the spin or, you know, getting a feel for it. Um, and I'm sure, you know, many of them, you know, will be there at the earliest light on Monday morning to, you know, to get their, you know, sort of visuals on it because it's a course they're not familiar this time of the year. I mean, that's, that's, well, that's something I was going to add to it of, do you think somebody that potentially doesn't necessarily know the course as well, might be at a bit more of an advantage this year purely because like yeah i think from a point of view you know I mean, it's a fair question you know it's a really really interesting one i think that there are advantages to players this year around that haven't been to augusta as many times as the season player that you would expect um you know to be there and of course you know we start to create a short list because if we kept going we'd name the whole field there's only 96 players of course but um you know, but I think you've got to look at the players. When you look at the players that have, you know, that have won, obviously we know Tiger, Mickelson, um, Spieth. Mm. They're not in form enough. You know, Tiger's not played enough golf. You know, he talks about his reps. We know that you've got to get into competitive reps as well. And Augusta will do its thing. You know, Tiger knows Augusta better than anybody in the modern game you know, certainly currently playing next to Phil. And, you know, Phil, is he, is he past it? I think, you know, at 50, look, you know, I'm similar age. I don't want to say I'm past anything. But, but in the reality of things, you know, without any run out on the fairways, um, you know, Phil, I know he's got a longer club going in the bag as well. And, 
you know, he's trying to do his thing to get that distance up. But, you know, maybe just, you know, we know he can, what he can do around the greens, it, you know, and, and maybe that just plays into his advantage. But I think when you look at the guys who, you know, Ram's been around a while, but actually how many Masters has he played? You know, four, mm. um, possibly. You know, I think the players like Stenson, who's cranking three wood out there, it ain't going to work. It just, you know, for me, it just can't work. Um, you know, a major winner, yes. I think, you know, has Rose got enough form? You know, is he long enough? I think when you start to look at the players, potentially of the, of the stalwart players that could do the job, um, you know, DJ, because he can get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, then, like you say, just just putting you off there, there's, there's a slight difference there. And I think when you talk about players that pump three wood out there, there's an element of safety. I think mm. something that could be needed this year is that grab it by the horns and take it on kind of view. Yeah. And there's a player there that I think, like you talk about with form and with that mentality and a little bit of contra- like controversy around him is Hatton. Yeah. I wouldn't write him off. Whether yeah. we'll see a hoodie at Augusta, who knows? Whether we'll see another hoodie ever again after Augusta, who knows? But I think he he is going to sneak under the radar as one of those players that could do something. Well, we've got collared, collarless shirts in there, if you like, um, mm. you know, on more than one occasion. So, you know, I think the hoodies potentially could could be there. I've seen the fashions have quite started at Augusta. Do you remember Fred Couples with the uh, dimpled shoes? That was the exactly. first time we saw the yeah. dimpled shoes, yeah. didn't we? And, of course, they're very short. And, of course, he led mm. with them as well, you know, whilst wearing them as well that year. So... You know, I think, yeah, I think we'll see hoodies. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on the temperature, of course, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, might see so, two. Sorry? My end <laughs> cold, you will see two. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think, you know, very much still, you know, stuns, you know, he does get it out there, you know, decent enough distance. He puts well enough. Um, you know, so I think there's, there's, you know, very much a good, and he likes this time of year. I, all right, he likes it a little bit warmer. Um, I think we all do, but he's British. Uh, he's used to poor conditions. You know, so so I think from his point of view, you know, I think that's a, you know, I think that's a particularly good call. Um, you know, I think the DJ has he the couple of weeks off because of his positive test. Has that affected his form? You know, I don't know what he shot last night, but you know, ultimately. It, you know, I think, and the, and, the, and the maverick type of approach, he'll hit driver everywhere, and, mm-hmm. and he can. Um, he does tend to prefer to hit it left to right, and Augusta does tend to favour right to left, since the trees mm-hmm. grew. Um, you know, so I think this, this Ram particularly stands out for me, you know, exceptional around the greens, uh, decent enough on the greens, and, you know, he gets it out there. I think, you know, I'm almost struggling to see past him. Um, and don't go and put your house on this, by the way, guys, because, you know, <laughs> not, in recent times, I've not got, you know, particularly good uh, pickings, you know, so, uh, you know, don't take my word on, on major championship wins. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we obviously will all look towards DeChambeau's going to start in the top three, I would think, in terms of odds and, you know, probably not extend the odds Certainly won't be much past eight to one, I would think. Um, you know, by the time it, it all said and done, 
And I think one of the, you know, the big things for me is, you know, conversation I've just had with my physios, just literally just that. It's going to be a bomber. I mm. think the last time, you know, we played in cold uh, conditions or non-running conditions, we saw Zach Johnson win in 2007, you know, and in 13 years, you know, he, it, it, we've, we've, it's been a bomber's course. Now, what he did is he played to his strengths, which is wedge play, and we know that. And there's nobody knows how to get a wedge around the course better than Zach Johnson. But can he play the longer par fours? And that's the difference. The par is all very, very well putting your par fives into play, where if you don't get up and down, you still might par. Mm. But you're going the wrong way. You know, you're not going to go the wrong way. I don't think everybody's going to be able to hit all the greens, all the par fives in two. That's the thing. You know, there might be a handful of the field. You know, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be won and lost on the par fives just because you're hitting them in two uh, or able to get them greenside. So, um, you know, it'll be what happens in those long par fours. And the thing is, they're all long par fours. I mean, look at five. Tiger didn't par five at all last year. Five no. bogeys. On it. Uh, sorry, um, four bogeys on it. So, it, you know, but then Hogan played played 11 as, as a par five. But... He never played 13 as a par five. In other words, what I'm saying is he laid up short on, uh, on 11 so that the water was out of play and took his risk with his wedge. And if he made, you know, if he made five, he accepted it, knowing that he was aiming at the middle of the green on the next hole, but actually 13 was a par four to him. And you know, he, he would take that on knowing that if he put it in the water, he could get it up and down for par. And yeah, I think like that, you say, there's, there's a maturity that's got to be to somebody's game there. And like you say, there's there's not many courses that will punish you as badly as Augusta mm. would if you're not thinking the right way. And like you said about five, that was actually written in my notes here that yeah. a longer hitter is going to play that hole well and a shorter hitter is going to have to play it like a par five this year. I think I'd go one step further and say that a longer hitter has the opportunity to play it well. And yeah. a shorter hitter doesn't, you know, a shorter yeah. hitter's going to have to rely on a short game. Because like you say, you know, 495 yards, you know, with the bunkers in firmly in play off the tee, you know, it's not going to take much of a shot. And particularly as a lot of players being right-handed, you know, that you could get very close to that bunker the ball mm. literally be on the fairway, but you can't even stand to it because, you know, you're barely chipping it down the fairway 50, 60 yards because, you know, you can't stand in the bunker and hit the shot from the fairway. I mean, it's just, it's just not possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, and some of them, you could potentially do it, but, you know, because it's so so tight to the edge of the fairway. And I think that's, you know, it's tight on the right as well, isn't it? It's out of bounds on the right. Oh, cool. Yes, it so is. Yeah. You know, it's a great hole and it's at the right place on the course. I think if that, that was number one or number three or something like that, it wouldn't play anywhere near as well, you know. But, but at, you know, at number five, yeah. you know, but, in between two really strong par threes, you know. I was going to say, that's another thing you add to it. Double bogey and you go, fuck you, I've just gone four over in three holes and I've actually, you know, yeah. I've barely hit a bad shot. Um, but you know, then you stand on seven, and that that's a tee shot that, like you say, we we I talk about Deschambeau's distance. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at Deschambeau's distance now, and he is going to be carrying it nearly into the thinnest part of the fairway. So 
where everybody else has said kind of, oh, it's okay if he misses, it's pine straw, it's not quite as bad. I don't think people realise how thick the trees are there. If yeah. you go in them, there is very, there's rarely a line out with some se- without some serious creativity. Obviously, we, we all know Bubba's rescue shot, but yeah. it needs to be one of those. There is never a, oh, yeah, straight out, 100 yard out of those trees. There's got to be something special. So I think although, like you say, DeChambeau's length is going to be seriously important or any player's length is going to be important, the player that will win it can keep it long and straight. Mm. Joe, and is there any holes that, that kind of surprised you? Because I know on the TV it looks very tight. Is it as tight as it, it actually looks on TV? Yeah, the, there is not a lot of room on that golf course. And I think this is something that, once again, as we discussed earlier, it's when you talk about the par three course, it's not long, but it's tricky. And mm. I think that's something that Augusta has going for it, is it is hard. It, it's not necessarily the longest. It's just really, really well defended. Obviously, its design massively helps that. But where they've put certain trees to stop certain lines is very, very impressive as a course design goes. It makes you play the way that it should. And that's why I was so keen on with Deshambo earlier. He'll do it damage or it'll do him damage because he'll either find new lines to hit or Augusta will prove that you have to play that way or else you won't succeed around there. There's a great story from, from a number of, you know, a number of years ago now, but Mickelson was playing, he was part of the story. But on 13, Billy Casper stood on the tee at 13, and it's not the tee where it is now because you can't see the tee from any location. Look at that. What, what a cup that is. What, Sorry, what, a, mug. what a mug hiding well, the mug. Um, it, it's a very so. American, it's a bucket with a handle. You know it's bad when it's nearly as big as your head. <laughs> In the and just to clarify to everybody here, my head um, isn't that small. <laughs> so um, what I was saying there about th- uh, 13, Casper stood on the tee with him and he said, you know, when I was your age, he said, I used to be able to drive over the trees here. And Mickelson looked at him and he's gone, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, when I was your age, he said, I used to be able to drive over those trees. So Mickelson, being Mickelson, stood there and launched a handful of drives all out of bounds because he couldn't get over the trees. And then he Casper's mm-hmm. he looked at him and he's gone, the trees were actually only this big when I was your age. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they're like hundred feet oh, high. They're huge. Yeah. That's one know, thing. I mean, that, and that's another thing as well is that the size of the trees, you, you know, yeah. because you're kind of looking in the trees, you don't actually realise that, you know, the camera doesn't, again, go up as much as, you know, topography. Yeah. They are like, trees, but you're not hitting over the top of them very easily, are you? No. Well, like I say, when you walk in there, you see a lot of things, but then when you start to look at the finer details whilst you're there, some of the trees are just absolutely monumental. Mm. And, I mean, the fact they've got, obviously, the turf nurseries and where they grow all the trees off-site and they'll move them in, they don't need trees to grow over a number of years. They will just stick a monster in overnight. And I yeah. think that's amazing. But like you say, the actual, the natural side of that golf course is just stunning. And I think, as we referred to earlier, seeing the flowers there and all of that, it's, it's almost like a kind of wonderland feature. You walk yeah, in with so many Yeah, sorry. You, you, when you were describing it as you're walking through a park, immediately I was like, Okay, it's almost like a theme park then. 
you know, yeah, in terms it of, is. Yeah. It, it's just, your eyes are everywhere. There's just always something that catches your eye. And I mean, we've all got that one hole that you can go to in golf and go, that was one I stood on the tee and went, oh, wow, this is incredible. Right. As where that is the continuous feeling you have as soon as you walk through the gate. There's Joe, always just, something. Yeah, you've just managed to spend about £8,000 of my money, um, you know, maybe even as early as April. Um, you know, so I'm I'm Andy, I think I've just spent 8000 of mine as well. <laughs> it's a, it, you know, it's but, horrible. It's, it's the worst thing ever because every time this comes on TV, you kind of go, oh, I'm going back because right. you've got to. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's hard to watch. It really is. Once you, you go, good, you never want good to. stories, Joe? Because I know, I know you, you. I know you have known you personally. But There's, come on, let's give yeah, good stories. I mean, there was a couple of good ones. Um, obviously, around the practice area, there's a lot there. I've managed to talk to Tyrrell Hatton, and I don't often get that embarrassed. And yet, I managed to make a. I'll openly admit to this, made a complete fool of myself. So we're talking to him on the Saturday and he's hitting putts. It's his first Masters. And uh, so he's just missed the cut and he's out there practicing and we got talking to him on the putting green. And my parting words to him were, oh, play well. <laughs> so it keeps going around, I missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real humbling moment of... You've got yeah, to you were looking for that four and, a half, four and a quarter inch hole to be turning much bigger, right? <laughs> I was crawling up my own backside at that point. That was <laughs> dreadful. Um, yeah, that, that was a shocker. But, but how, amazing I mean, is that? how amazing is that? There's not many tournaments players that stick around and practice, would there? Oh, because they want to be that. Obviously, mm. being his first, it was so important to get to know how things play. And he even went out to watch because they... They want that kind of experience of being able to go out and watch players. Um, it, it just is incredible. But likewise, we were speaking to Langer there. Um, there's a putting green round the side that isn't quite as accessible. And I was sitting in there desperately trying to get a bit of shade on Sunday morning because I was burnt to a crisp on Saturday. And Langer's there just hitting some putts just on his own. You get talking to him and just to pick up some of the experience of what he's seen and how much love some of the veterans have for that golf course. I mean, we see it every year. It's always somebody's last Masters as a general rule. Yeah. And when you see the tears coming up 18, you can really feel that because that is such a... It's an end of an era. And I know as a patron being there that you want to keep going back. As a player, that must be such a heartbreaking moment to kind of say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Because that can't be an easy decision to make either. And no, you see that. I think still, you know, there's a few guys that are probably there four or five years longer than they should be. But you can understand that wrench. You know, I'd never deny anybody the opportunity to go and play no. that until, you know, they that that for me is a course that I would there. never retire from. If I never played any golf again, I would play that every year just to be there because it's that incredible an experience. And I imagine it's one of those that even as some of the experienced players get in, you feel like a kid coming back to it. You find that love of golf. It's kind of that really long hole putt or that perfect iron strike. That is the pro's ultimate kind of place to be. And, and exclusivity as well, you know, because it's not a place you can just literally go and rock up. 
you know, it's closed yeah, for the members ordinarily, you know, even during the summertime, you know, it's not open, is it? You know, it's, no, 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 you it's... Know, it's a golf course that's open kind of during the winter, which is a little bit bizarre, but, you know, yeah, it's absolutely overly accessible, even if you are a member, which is just, you know, for us to think about that is just like, how, how does that work? You know, and it closes, yeah. you know, literally weeks after the Open Championship, doesn't it? Uh, sorry, the Masters Championship. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a massive build-up and a massive kind of come down from it. That there's mm-hmm. months either side where you can't play it because it's either being prepped or being torn apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and of course they've had a massive disruption now because you know they're hosting a tournament again. So you know, quick question for me. So, you know, obviously, you talked about. You know, I asked the, asked the question with regards to how the atmosphere changes on a Saturday mm. and Sunday, as you experienced. How's it going to change this year with no crowd? You see, that that's when I got written down myself. I'm, I'm really, really intrigued. It's almost going to be a haunting experience, I think, for mm. a lot of the players to be really good walking, yeah. yeah, walking the fairways, and nothing's there. And I mean, literally nothing. This is probably a course that these guys have never seen this quiet mm. and i mean the grandstands will be there and completely empty will the I mean, grandstands the, be there yeah they're, they're there constantly are they yeah also i believe anyway and i think that will be a really odd experience to look up to a grandstand expecting to see fans and they're not mm. there it's almost this kind of ghost ship of a mm. an experience that we we all know and love yeah i think it's going to be really really hard for a lot of players to feed off as well yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'll I, never forget the the Sunday that we were there. Kucha had a hole in one on sixteen. Yes. And when you talk about atmosphere, that's a roar that travels across the course. And this is a very prim and proper event where there's you don't speak out of line. You're seen and not heard. There's the odd clap here and there, and then it just flips on its head, and that's a that's a sound that can be heard across the course. And that, that lets everybody know in front or behind. That lets Rose and Garcia know that, oh, wow, something's just happened here. Yeah. Something may be in the mix. We've got to look up at the leaderboard because you might not be leading. As well, yeah. that's not going to happen this year. Somebody could sneak under the radar from three groups back and nobody really knows about it. And, and they're having electronic boards. That. They're having the electronic boards. They're not going to yeah. have many updates. They're going to be a little no. bit out on a limb, aren't they? Not knowing where and they are. The other thing is, as well, we we were talking about it. We we see a lot of the. You can see the boards from the grandstands mainly, so they'll be in the crowd saying, "Oh, Cooch has made a hole in one or something like that." So the players get it fed back to them, as where now, and that I mean that could change somebody's choice on a hole. That could be the difference between driving three wood. And yet they're not going to know that. So it's going to be a lot more play your own game around there. It's not going to be as responsive to everybody else's game. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see how it's going to play this year because it's going to be so unreal. It really will be different. Behind the scenes wise, what what don't we see? What you saw and and you don't realise if that's the food stand, if that's the merchandise. Yeah, so obviously both of you know me well. You both know that I absolutely love my food and I must admit that was one of the culinary experiences of my life (laughs) to go there and to taste the food was just unbelievable I don't know if you saw but they're actually doing packs this year so if you bought a ticket in America 
they are shipping your food out to you. So you get a full sandwich pack, you get the ice cream sandwiches, you get the lot. All, all within your ticket, just so you can watch it at home with your food. I mean, <laughs> I'm in an hour into safely to deliver to the UK. I'd pay any price <laughs> on the planet to get that food back. But it, I think the other thing that you see is the, when you talk about atmosphere, the staff there, everybody knows kind of how lucky they are to be there. And it's very, very much kind of the American hospitality style that you get. But even the experience of going to the toilets made so much more fun by the guys that are working there. And you'll see people singing and dancing and chatting to you because they even as toilet attendants, they're so happy to be there. And it's just unbelievable to see, like you say, the work that goes in behind the scenes for the staff that are in the in the main shop to the guys that are serving your food. Everybody's there to make it the best experience it possibly can be. And there's there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. How much did you spend, come, Jerry, in the shop? Come on, tell us. We, we don't want to discuss figures like that. I, I went with just over $500 and came back with two. <laughs> They're still in the two wallet now. Two very small nuggets of a dollar <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that there is two one dollar bills left yeah um but i mean that's something i mean obviously over your left shoulder guard if we can see it the is teddy. very cool very cool my boy was born the year joe went to the masters and i asked him to bring me back a memento a bear and that's permanently in the front room under the tv so thank you pal for that it's very cool <laughs> it's quite all right it's one of those where you go with the intention to pick a couple of bits up then you buy your shirt you buy a couple of flags you buy a couple of mugs a couple of teddies and all of a sudden you're completely out of pocket and you don't know where it's gone yeah it's just so unbelievable but you come back with this bag of well i say a bag it's more like a sack of all the stuff that you've bought and and then you get back to the hotel room and it kind of hits you (laughs) exactly (laughs) you look at it go i might need another suitcase here (laughs) <laughs> so you're immediately sorting through clothes going I don't really need that I don't need them <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable you're just going through the airport absolutely sweating because you've got four of your t-shirts on just to make room for your cups <laughs> it's just unreal I'm waddling through like a Michelin man and then you kind of trying desperately to get it off as you get into the airplane it's unbelievable but yeah absolutely unbelievable so just going back to the food what are your guys plans for watching this year from home what what is the ultimate plan to if if my boss is if my boss is listening i'm gonna be working really hard good answer love it (laughs) my my boss is here as well one of my bosses is here so andy i'm gonna be really working hard for you on thursday be cutting lots of videos and doing some really good work you know, I mean, it's you know, for me. I mean, and the other—it's great. The other great thing is, you can finish early. Mm. So you know, we're, we're it's not going into the middle of the night like we normally do. We're normally sitting up mm. until twelve o'clock waiting for it because the playoff and and the like. Because it's it, it's getting dark around seven o'clock ordinarily, and we're five hours in front. So you know, we're talking now. You know, them finishing the daylight shortly after five. Just before, and, Andy, just before it said, I've looked at the weather and the yeah, sun, sun sets at 10 to 5. There you go. Oh, and okay. they're looking to finish the round of golf at 3, which is, you know, going to throw a bit of a mix in there. If they have a little bit of a, a, a bit of wind, apparently that 
means that the back nine, the wind around the back nine will be different from what's normal as well. So, from, you know, three o'clock, that means it's around about 7.30, 8 o'clock here by the time we're finishing. Um, so it means that we get a full evening. That said, <laughs> yeah, I will get, I'll get a full evening. So Sunday's, you know, Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, and, you know, it doesn't really disrupt the, the evening as it would do normally. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm in a household here where last year we sat on the sofa together. Becky didn't move apart from getting up to make a cup of coffee for me um, or, and pouring a glass of wine for herself. But that's the only time that there was any kind of movement, you know, around. And we literally watched every single shot together. And, you know, I'm really fortunate that I have, you know, sort of a, a partner that allows, not just allows me to play, uh, you know, and allow me to watch actually watches watches together she loved it you know tiger it was interesting that the poignancy of last year watching it together um you know and and sort of going through the whole emotion uh of watching that together for the first time as a as a couple was actually tiger won in 97 and won in 2019 and in 97 was the week we met each other again you know after the school um, you know, sort of reunion, i.e. school, and then met in Jamaica uh, with, with work, um, me being out there working for uh, the government, and then, um, you know, Becky flying in with BA. So there was a <laughs> very poignant relevance to the fact that actually the first time as a couple we're sitting watching it, and Tiger wins again, all kind of a little bit surreal, but the fact that we were able to do that together, and, and it was almost like, ah, we're not going to get to watch it this year. <laughs> That's a little disappointing. Um, and of course, it's great, it's this year. I'm fortunate that it wasn't this weekend coming, you know, a, a week earlier because, mm. um, purely and simply because it would have interrupted in the preparations of Becky's birthday. So um, at least then that doesn't, uh, it would never be on the radar or never, and trust will never be again. Of course, it had to be this week because there was an election in America, which still hasn't been <laughs> resolved. Maybe when this goes out, it will have been. Um, you know, so a lot of things have, uh, you know, have happened. So yeah, for me, you know, it will literally be, we'll sit down, we'll have something to eat, you know, and it won't be in front of the TV. It's not something that we do, but, um, you know, there will be an element of shut up. I'm watching the golf crack on. <laughs> if you want <laughs> to watch it, I like, I like that my way. arms, you can. That's, you know, with, with uh, that in mind, guys, who's your one pick? We've got one pick only. Go on, Joe. You're the guest. You I think you've, you've you've put a tough one on there. Um, I think the one the one I'm interested to see, and the one I, I genuinely do think will do it, is Bryson this this year round. I think a good finish last year. He's always had a reasonable record, and now he's going to play it a completely different way to everybody else. Whether it'll be completely successful, we're yet to see. But I think he's got to be my shout. Andy. Fair enough. Well, I've been pretty useless. So I don't really want to curse anybody, uh, you know, in recent recent times. So, my pick will be, um, <laughs> I don't want to say sorry almost, Till Hatton. Um, you know, it, it was, it, it, for, for me, in recent times, he's been a standout player. Um, 
And I think, you know, he'll be well and truly up for it. And I think one of the things that you said, Joe, is that he has done his homework and he stayed there that weekend. Didn't switch, you know, didn't sway me, but it certainly has sort of encouraged me to say, yes, the full nod. Um, you know, just doing something like that, that for me says that, you know, this guy wants the success at that venue. He knows he's going back. He's desperate to win that tournament, you know, mm. no more or less than anybody else's. But ultimately, you know, that's where he's where he's at. So it'll come down to short game. He's pretty darn good with the short, you know, with all the short clubs. He drives mm. it well and long enough. Um, so that for me is, a, is another um, big one. Um, you know, and he's decent enough with the putter. Again, it's one of those courses that if you get the ball in the right place and he does control his shots extremely well, his distance control is really good. I think mean, that's really crucial. So, yeah, Till stands out for me. Gareth? Mm-hmm. Justin, Justin Thomas. I, I just, I, I think he's got oh, a, that's, that's a calculated one. Mm, I just think, he, I think he's just got an all-round game that suits August. He's very patient. I think if he goes into the back nine and he's maybe a couple off the lead, he's one of those who can make a charge, which I think will make such a such a difference. So um, yeah, I think Thomas. Um, so yeah, I, th- we've, I think we've got three good picks there. I think they won't be far out outside the, outside well, the top we, ten. There, there is one man that we have missed, and this is a man that we have mentioned. He's over my left shoulder there, celebrating his last win. Mm-hmm. Like you say, Andy, he knows Augusta. Even if he is not playing, I would never rule Tiger out. Surely he's got to have a chance around there. He, I, you know, he, he's always got a chance as long as the guy will have breath in his body. I think, you know, you know, it'll be mm. a point obviously in his game where he, you know, he just will not be able to compete. And he'll know when to call it a day. But I, you know, I, I fear that he's not played enough golf. Um, mm. I fear the lack of Tiger factor in the crowd. You know, to know. I think that's important. Yeah. The prowl, the prowling tiger is the bit that this, you know, that's going to be missing. Um, And you know, what's really interesting, not one of us has mentioned Roy McIlroy. And yeah, and I think that's, you know, that he could be the the sleeper. Um, You know, he's going for. You know, I think this is the one Masters where there is least amount of pressure on him. And if he features somewhere mm. and doesn't get it done, he'll be under an immense amount of pressure in April, which, of course, you know, we've not talked about, you know, and rightfully, you know, it's this week's Masters and there's only one Masters this week coming up. So, you know, yeah, there, there are two players there that I think just need the crowd. And, mm. you know, they haven't learned yet how to play without the crowd. Um mm. Even when they're playing the TV money games, they're playing for with and for the crowd. Um, and I just think, you know, even now, I would say that there's been some events where they've just not had enough crowd there in order to be able to make the atmosphere that makes a difference to those two in particular. Yeah. So, you know, it's why they'll play. Look, they're great players. It's a great tournament or championship. It's the championship. And, the, and of course, they go both looking to win it. Again, for you know, for Tiger, you know, because he's got his sort of um, bit going on, uh, you know, trying to chase down that you know sort of history, um, you know, Rory, because he wants the Grand Slam, and I think mm-hmm. if if Rory gets the brakes off and gets going on a decent enough start from the first round, you know, the potential there for him to do that and complete that Grand Slam, which I think then takes the handbrake off his career. I think this is holding his career back right now. Um, yeah. You know, and that's just, you know, my opinion. I think that, you know, he doesn't, 
seem to, I think he's possibly loading himself. He appears almost like he doesn't want it at times, but I think he's, he wants it that badly. He wants his career grand slam that badly. He can't get past anything until he does it. So I think, you know, yeah, that's a very good point of, of Rory potentially winning this in the next two. And, you know, let's see if we can get the patrons back in April. We know it's not happening this week. So, you know, that going forward, I think is, is potentially it. I think Tiger, yeah, I think, you know, he's a good shout for the top 10. I think he always is. And I don't know that he's finished outside the top 10 too many times. Um, I think he's probably just because he hasn't played almost that he hasn't finished in the top 10. It's maybe one or two. Um, but yeah, I just think he's he's ring rusty. You know, he hasn't had enough mm. reps. You know, to coin his phrase, uh, and I just think you know we've we've got to look at that. You know, and be very mindful of that. Um, I'm mindful that we've Toto. It's been all about the Masters this uh, particular uh, week, and I think rightfully so. I want to say a huge thank you to Duca de Cosmos Shoes. Here in the UK, we have a prize running this week. And, you know, Duca de Cosmos are donating a pair of shoes for the prize. So in order to win the prize, you need to like, share, and if you can send me your email address, or more importantly, so that we don't need your email address, Join with the link below because Gareth's going to do that. Join our Facebook page. Uh, it's all about short game, so it'll be titled. Gareth's going to put it down there in the links below. But ultimately, if you can join that social page, all right, on Facebook, then you get into uh, this draw. So it's Twitter and Instagram. Two. We only did Twitter last time uh, for the U.S. Open. So it's Twitter and Instagram, like and share, obviously retweet. Um, and if you can do that and then join us on the um, platform, which we will add in the links below um, on Facebook, then you get access to ask questions about putting and short game going forward. So it's an exclusive place for you to be, but it's a public place that you can just crack on. You don't have to be out, uh, from the UK to join us on Facebook, but unfortunately to win the prize from Duca del Cosmo, you need to be. Um, you know, from the UK, put the style and your size down if you wish at that point in time. But ultimately, we will actually contact you if you are the winner. So um, the winner will occur, uh, will be drawn on Monday um, next week. So you've got a whole week to be able to enter. You can do it as many times as you like. Share it with your friends. Get as many of your friends involved as well. Uh, we'd love to see you enter the competition. So a special thanks to Duke Del Cosmo for that and their sponsorship of this particular podcast. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure to get an yeah, thank you guys. to Augusta. Something that, you know, I, I'm not the jealous kind of guy and I'm not envious, but boy, I'm going to beat you the next time I see you. Yeah. <laughs> All these uh, great stories, I'm going to beat them out of you if there's any left that you haven't shared with us. But ultimately, um, thanks for your time. Really appreciate your insights to Augusta. And we'll be looking at Augusta through, you know, partly through your eyes as well, um, you know, over the next week or so. So, um, you know, thanks for that. Do appreciate your no, time. No, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. And just, just so that you know, Joe is one of my students, has been with me for um, the best part of this year, really. Through, yeah, he's um, been this year now. Game. He has been featured on the odd um, image that you may have seen 
uh, around our posts and uh, you know as a regular in the studio. So uh, you know until we're allowed back in a month or so's time uh, onto the.